after these messages will be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hey there party animals welcome to after these messages the podcast where we talk about tv commercials the best ones, the worst ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Do you have any types of food for dogs who are afraid of spiders? I'm Andrew Walsh, alongside Genevieve Has. As always, we are your co-hosts. Hey, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. So we are talking animals. What did you think about my "Hey, party animals" joke at the beginning? It was kind of a. It was kind of a. Uh, uh, a joke that looks ahead. You don't even know why it's funny at first, but then later on you realize why it was so brilliant. I know. I can't wait to realize why it was so brilliant. I'm really looking forward to that. So tell me when we get there. Okay. I think we're there now. We're talking about animals today, right? We're talking about animals. Animals in commercials. Yeah. Um, last week we talked about kids and I thought, how can we make this uh, even more family friendly? Let's talk about animals. So, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, animal ads just, um, they kind of capture my attention. Um, There's probably not a lot of theory to it, other than the fact that people just like looking at cute animals, but there are certainly a lot of them out there, and I I thought we could just maybe talk about a few of our favorite ones today, Now, especially now that we're heading into the Super Bowl and the Puppy Bowl uh, is uh, on the horizon. Um, By the way, kind of like last week when we were talking about little kids advertising things, we weren't just focusing on, you know, kids advertising kids' products. Same with the animal this time like these are these are marketing strategies that use animals but not necessarily just for dog food or cat food although we are going to talk about one of my favorite most favorite dog food campaigns it is amazing yeah we'll get to that in just a second also i'm getting nervous you have another (laughs) uh, name that voice actor i think you're gonna i think you're gonna nail this one it was a disaster last time i barely even went down in flames Uh, i went down in flames people are still posting mocking things to our facebook page about it i I don't know i don't know if i have the ego for this um also i'll uh, I'll say this yeah you can't get this one you need to hang up your your uh, cape see why are you adding pressure? I'm telling you. I just said I was nervous. It's a slam dunk. <laughs> and uh, Ad Council, we're going to check in with you guys, uh, get some feedback from y'all. Apparently, um, that uh, that 1990s Encyclopedia Britannica ad with the most annoying kid in the world, somehow we were on a tangent and we were talking about that last week. Well, we got an email from someone who says, we're missing the whole point of that commercial. So we'll get into that. First, though, let's talk about animals. Little man. When you stand by my side, then I know I don't have to hide from anyone. Do you guys know why I'm playing this song? If you've seen the Amazon Prime ad that features this song prominently, you totally get it. Genevieve, remind them of the miniature horse ad. It's adorable. Um, The story is that a, a woman adopts or or buys i guess uh, a tiny miniature horse i mean this thing is tiny it's like the size of a dog it's trying to play with the big horses but the big horses you know are too big for it and run away from it and she feels sorry for it so she goes to amazon prime the next day boom she's got a little doggy door installed in her her house and the little the little miniature horse 
comes through the doggy door and just snuggles with her. Yeah, she realizes that her her new little friend can't hack it on the outside with the big horses. Yeah. So now it's an indoor animal, and it is absolutely adorable. It is adorable. I and I, you know, it's getting a ton of airplay. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that you've seen it. I bet that music triggers a lot of people to remember the ad. Sunny and Cher, by the way, the song is called Little Man, and I absolutely love this. So I don't, I don't know if I'd ever heard this song before, but now I definitely um, have it in my iTunes. What and is Spotify. that? It's, it's heavy on a, that's accordion. That we're hearing, yeah, I right? think so. Yeah, one of the few uh, accordion-based hits. Look at your singing, come close to me, I hear you. It almost the style of the the way the commercial is shot reminds me a little bit of Wes Anderson, sort yeah. of just like really, really nicely done. And somebody took that. Um, aesthetic a step further by making an, uh, an identical shot-for-shot shot remake of that commercial. I, not, I don't think somebody was the same ad company yes, that, the, yep, yep. that made the, the first one. But they, made, they remade the entire thing with knitted creatures. So everything in the, in the commercial, the horses, the little horse, the door, the, the woman, the truck, everything is knitted. Yeah. And it is, it's super cute. We'll post that one to the Facebook page as well. And it is. It does have this like and yeah, Wes Anderson aesthetic is the right way to put it. Mm-hmm. Good pacing, kind of that that similar pacing, nice wide shots, um, kind of a patient commercial, if that makes any sense. I, I will mention that uh, the the creative behind it is this uh, ad agency in London called Joint, and um, they're they're also the ones who made the the yarn version of the ad that you mentioned, and I think they made that especially for some British. TV show that mm. prominently uses uh, it's either a sewing show or some sort of a knitting <laughs> show or something like that. So many opportunities to cross market. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I also want to say this is one of two ads in this campaign that I know of. The other one is either called or described as the dog with a broken leg commercial. Again, Amazon Prime and again featuring an animal and you see this guy walking around um, a park or a city park or something and he's got this little white poodle i think or some sort of small white dog Bichon or something yeah. like that yeah and uh, the dog has a broken leg and it's in a cast a blue cast it's there's a very something especially image. poignant up to me and i don't know why this is but the it's not the the dog's front leg that's in the cast it's mm-hmm. its hind leg and so it's dragging this like, yeah. blue cast leg behind it through the commercial and so what you're seeing is is this guy trying to give his dog a walk and then a bunch of other dogs are kind of running by and the dog kind of wants to play with them but he can't he just kind of can't keep up because he's got a broken leg i mean it's very much kind of like the outsider runt syndrome that we're seeing in the other ad with the small yeah they've really got it they've really got a narrative here like this sort of um you know the something in some case literal underdog uh, or under horse um, oh, animal wow. and, and that's the, my territory. The, pe- the people who are, uh, you know, using Amazon Prime services to even the even the playing field for the animal. It's interesting that they kind of have gone with this theme because it's a it's kind of a convoluted narrative, I think, to advertise a product that I think most of us use to order sort of basic things, you know, books and music and um, you know the occasional pair of shoes. You're right. Well, you know what they're selling, Genevieve. They're selling solutions. I say that kind of jokingly. <laughs> but, but they're also selling problems that most of us don't have. <laughs> no, oh, that is true. But I I am really impressed with this campaign because not only do they have that, you know, narrative of the outsider animal situation going. I hope Joint and Amazon Prime actually release more of these. I think it's a really interesting concept. What kind of, what kind of animal problems should they <laughs> I don't know. But they are saying, listen, we're not just a company where you can just buy crap. We are a company that helps you solve your problems. Like somebody realized that's what we were going for here and i think they're doing it in a very 
a very interesting way. What would be another animal problem? I don't know. All these animals are – well, I mean, you could go the classic ugly duckling type of situation. I mean, that's the original outsider animal story, right? Yeah, so some makeup for a gosling. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is exactly – do you want to write it? Should we stop down really quickly and send a note to Joint? Dear or... Amazon. <laughs> Dear Amazon and Joint. Um, so I love those ads. There's another um, kind of tech company taking advantage of animals. Uh, this ad, by the way, that we're about to talk about, this Android ad um, called Friends Forever, Fur ever uh, was the most shared ad of 2015. Now, it aired on television, of course, as well. But of all of the you know TV ads that people were zipping around the internet, this one got, uh, I think, like six and a half million shares. And um, why don't you describe it? Uh, this one, if you've seen it, I'm sure you remember it. Uh, it's uh, set to the music from the Disney movie Robin Hood. And it's a bunch of sort of viral style videos of unlikely animal friendships, um, dogs and orangutans, a cat that is, no joke, nursing three ducklings, a dog swimming with a dolphin, um, an, an, a sheep running around with an elephant, um, uh, just crazy yeah, the, animal Yeah, pairings. did you mention the dog and the elephant too? That's the most mind-blowing one to me. You mentioned the dog and the dolphin both swimming in the water is mind-blowing, but I think even more so for me is just like seeing the scale of this elephant and this dog just kind of playing together and the dog is jumping off the elephant and kind of at one point even kind of like cuddling with the elephant. It's it is amazing. mind-blowing. And we've all seen them, you know, the internet is... Uh, you know, a wash in um, cute animal videos. I have a Facebook friend actually whose sole uh, contribution to my Facebook feed appears mm-hmm. to be like interesting animal friendships. Um, but it is really effective. And I think, of course, the message that Android's trying to deliver is their their slogan, which is uh, be together, not the same. It's a direct dig at Apple yeah. and the iPhone and how you know, everybody's sort of an iPhone clone. I love that idea. I think that their whole marketing strategy around that uh, be together, not the same is really clever. I think it's really effective in terms of what Android users and I am one kind of identify as. Um, so I think that they've paired up some incredible footage here, which is really worth taking a look at. It's just a, it's just a great little viral video with a really uh, on point marketing message and slogan yeah i agree droga 5 is the creative behind this and i I can't remember pretty sure the guy's name is dave droga and i was reading an interview with him where he was talking about the making of this ad which is all found footage and he said the toughest thing as a creative agency is to not create he's like i really (laughs) had to kind of fight the urge for us to come up with a campaign that wasn't based on found footage. He loves the ad, but it took him a while to get in this idea of, well, let's just take a bunch of other people's footage and piece yeah. it together, which is interesting. And I bet that does kind yeah. of mess with your idea of yourself as a creative. Yeah, and but he said that once I really kind of started to understand the idea, he fell in love with it and realized that they had to do it this way. Now, the footage, by the way, is not from necessarily just YouTube footage and stuff like that. It's not like shaky, handheld 
phone footage or stuff necessarily. A couple of them look like they are home videos. A couple of them, maybe the ones that are kind of take place in somebody's house, like the parakeet feeding the uh, dog a noodle and from the, the cat stove. opening the door for the dog. <laughs> right, exactly. So you do have some of that, but then a lot of it also is just stuff that came from like things like animal sanctuaries and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I found an interesting article from this website called The Inspiration Room. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of this description describing where this footage came from uh the friends forever ad includes footage of bubbles a nine thousand pound elephant and bella a labrador retriever at the myrtle beach safari in south carolina Saria, the orangutan, and Roscoe, the blue tick hound at the Institute of Greatly Endangered and Rare Species in myrtle beach a cat feeding ducklings did you mention that one a cat breastfeeding or i guess milking ducklings <laughs> not milking what's the word uh, nursing nursing that's the word i'm looking for. i did mention it i as i said to you before the show it is one of the cutest things you'll ever see but i think it might also be a sign of the end times yeah how does a duckling which is not even built to nurse nurse right on a cat which is a mammal without hurting the cat because it's got a beak it's Crazy. And there's two kittens in there, too. So you got three little yellow ducklings and two kittens all nursing on this cat. And what was the situation so that bonkers. led to this? I know. Like, what human beings were like, let's just put them all together and see what <laughs> happens. <laughs> well, I, that's my same question that I have about the dog swing with the dolphin. Like, what's the origin story of that friendship? Right. Yeah. I mean, I could sort of see if your dog is playing in a beach somewhere or something and or, you know, off your boat and suddenly you have this really strange thing. But, like, what human being would put these tiny little chicks? in the same box or whatever it is with a full-grown cat who would which be... Which is a predator. Who, yeah, which would instinctually try to save its own young or protect its own young. Or, like, or eat a bird. That's what I mean. So, like, it would just kill these birds yeah. and, and get them out of the way. But anyway, it is it is a really great ad. Uh, and uh, I want to move on here. Um, oh... We have a daddy-daughter ad. I know. You're such a sucker. <laughs> I want to do a whole show on that, by the way. We might bring our friend Aaron on for that show to talk about daddy-daughter ads, which yeah. is a whole genre in and of itself. And he's a parent. But um, this ad is called Zoo. And it's uh, for Expedia, the travel booking um, service. And do you want to set it up? Yeah, this is one that I've been wanting to talk about for a while because uh, it just caught my attention. And we could have talked about it last week with kids because I think the little girl yeah. is a great actress or, um, you know, she's got a great, great presence. Um, the basic story is um, uh, dad is taking his little girl who uh, is constantly wearing her favorite tiger outfit uh, on a trip. Um, they go through all of the, the airline, the hotel, through, you know, car rental parking lots. And where they end up is, I think, the San Diego Zoo, where mm -hmm. she's in her little tiger outfit and she sees a real tiger for the first time and has this, like, great moment with the tiger. Yeah, she first sees the tiger and she moves up to the glass to see it. But then this, as the tiger comes towards her, she backs off yeah. a little bit. It seems – I was actually <laughs> – uh, digging around for some background on this ad, I, I couldn't. I spent some time on. I couldn't find the agency or, or a lot of kind of the making of. But I did find a lot of people who were curious about the making of because it is so realistic. And mm -hmm. people were saying, "Is this girl really acting, or did they just film her all day?" Because when her reaction to that tiger is so dead on, yeah. it is. It is a really, really adorable ad. I'm going to play it for you. Right now. You're not thinking about all the money you saved by booking your flight, rental car, and hotel together. All you're thinking about is making sure your little animal 
enjoys her first trip to the kingdom. Expedia. Technology connecting you to what matters. Aww. I, I want to have a baby and a tiger. <laughs> Don't let them play together. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds super corny and possibly obvious, and I know I shouldn't apologize for everything I say before I say it, but we were quasi-joking around before about the Amazon ads when I said, oh, they're selling solutions, you know, and you know that somebody used those exact words in, in an ad meeting at some point. And Expedia definitely doing something similar here, not not selling a travel service, selling a solution to your family life situation. Well, and, you know, the, the copy says exactly that, right? Like, you're not thinking about how much you saved. You're thinking yeah. about this. I, th- I would take it a step further or maybe tweak, tweak that point a little bit and say they're selling an experience. Yeah. And the idea is with, with Expedia, you can focus on the experience and not the logistics. I, th- I think you can contrast it with the um, – who are the ads? I think it's Travelocity where they have, like, somebody – doing crazy things to compare prices they'll have like five different hands attached to their hands to to compare different prices does this ring a bell not really but go ahead they'll do they sort of have these like jokey scenarios where somebody uh finds a way to check five different websites at a time okay to compare prices and to me that's a very different approach right they're saying Mm -hmm. like you know, we we promise you the lowest price it'll save you time and energy versus this very like emotional um appeal to your emotions about how uh, travel makes you feel and the experience yes. of, uh, you know, showing your daughter the zoo for the first time or going to the Taj Mahal for the first time or something like that. You know that. what it reminds me of? Something that you you used to work for, I think it's okay to say that you used to work for a PR firm that did a lot of work with Microsoft. You, you, that was your primary client was Microsoft. And while you were working there, you paid special attention to both the Microsoft ads that we would see on TV and the Apple ads that we would see mm-hmm. on TV. And what you're saying right now is the exact yeah. difference that you would always point out, Microsoft was – this isn't necessarily true anymore because Apple has kind of changed a lot in their strategy. But Microsoft is very much about functionality. Look what you can do. It's Feature very, and function. It's feature and function, a very practical look. And that would be the Travelocity that you're describing Yeah, here. and I'm – we should double-check that I'm right about which product that was. But okay, but something like that. Like, yeah. you know, it's about price. It's about getting it there faster and easier and whatever. And then you had Apple, which is selling – a feeling yeah. and a lifestyle and a, and a personal identity, an identity, an identity to that yeah. product. And I feel like that's what Expedia is doing here. They're selling something much bigger than just an online travel site. They are selling, they're selling a lifestyle. Exactly, exactly. And I think that that in a way is the um, those those are kind of the two, broadly speaking, the two paths that these kind of consumer products can take. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, practicality or emotion, left brain, right brain, however you want right, to right. kind of break it down. Um, let's move on to these Purina Puppy Chow ads. Now, yes, these let's. Are, <laughs> I'm pretty sure these are online only. We've never seen them on TV. Yeah, and I, I, I went and looked at iSpot, which is an amazing site and actually gives you a ton of uh, detail about even th- the last time that a particular ad has played on television, and this didn't even pop up. So I think this has been online only. Yeah, and they're long. They're more like short little films yeah. that run from three to five minutes long, and they're starring. So if a lot of you guys have not seen these because they are online only, please look them up. I really think that you're going to enjoy them. And as I describe them, it might even seem 
I don't know, surprising that I like them so much because the main character, the way I describe him will probably sound like the way I've described other characters that irritate me in commercials or TV shows. But um, I guess that we're calling them the Chloe videos. I don't know if they the, call them the, that as well. They call them the pure the, – these are ads or um – I guess, you know, mini movies uh, in service of P- the Purina Puppy Chow brand. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the campaign is called Puppyhood. Okay, right. And they actually have a whole microsite called puppyhood.com where you can go and I think not only find these videos, but also find uh, like sort of a full service place to find out, you know, everything you need to know about your new puppies, health, how to how to take care of your new puppy. It's a great idea. It's like this very integrated marketing campaign yeah. that they've done. And these little videos uh, starring a guy named uh, Max something. Yeah, the guy's name is Max Baumgarten. Max Baumgarten. He is a standout. Absolutely. Um, They partnered with uh, BuzzFeed to do these, uh, I guess, sort of content marketing pieces. And they've made... Uh, several videos from the uh, that 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 tell the story of Max's adoption of this little King Charles spaniel puppy named he names Chloe, and like their adventures together as he learns about having a puppy. Mm-hmm. He is so charming. He is amazing, and this is why I say maybe it would be surprising to hear why I like him because he's like he is just so. He's so perfect hipster, right? Mm-hmm. He's perfect L.A. hipster, kind of um, a little disheveled, but good-looking, has a mustache. A bit of an ironic mustache. A little bit. It's just slightly <laughs> ironic mustache. Um, very kind of L- – just kind of L.A. hipster. But, I mean, he is just nailing it. And his relationship with his dog – you mentioned that this is – I'm a little confused exactly how the relationship works, but I believe the seed of the idea for this came from a BuzzFeed ad that some things I was reading said it was actually Purina Puppy Chow was involved in the making of it. But I I watched this viral video today and there's no mention of Purina at all in it. But um, I'll bet you a lot of you guys will remember it. It was um, something like giant men with little puppies or something. And there are these bunch of like, I don't know, maybe there's like four hipster guys in a BuzzFeed style video, very, you know, edited very tightly with them kind of meeting puppies for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And these guys just being charming with the puppies. I mean, it's in Purina's interest, no matter, no matter what, for there to be more dog owners in the world. Absolutely. Right. So and that was originally just kind of a BuzzFeed kind of let's make this a viral video type of thing. And um, then they kind of expanded on that with just this guy, Max Baumgarten, who I mean, I I was looking at his website today. He's an actor and he's a writer. And I'm just he just nails it really well. They're really, really charming. I guess maybe we should stop talking about it. Maybe just play part of it. This is from um, I believe the second ad in the series called Ground Rules. The first ad is called Adoption. And it's all about him spur the moment seeing this adorable puppy and adopting it on the spot. This puppy is also a standout. The puppy (laughs) is really good as well. The relationship between the two of them are just great. So now he's brought the puppy home and they're going over the ground rules for the house. Okay, Chloe, let's set up some ground rules. Like, should you even be on the couch? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, I apologize. This is the kitchen. This is my favorite plant. Stop. Stop, you're hurting it. I love it a lot. It's just really hard to keep things alive. Wait, I didn't mean, I didn't mean you. Here's the bedroom. This is your side of the bed. This is my side of the bed. I got a big day tomorrow, so, hey, Chloe. And of course, the puppy keeps on wandering over to sleep on him. Helps me sleep. No, wait. Good night, Chloe. Okay, fine. You can sleep here. 
tonight. This end of the piano is kind of my zone. That's actually really beautiful. The further I go down there, just the scarier it gets. <laughs> this is uh, one of the eyes of a robot that I killed. I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, uh, that part. I don't know if it was too visual, but he's got, you know, just knickknacks on his on his shelves or whatever. And there was some sort of kind of old fashioned square light, almost yeah, it looked like, like from a mer- lighthouse or something. Yeah. Light, yeah. And that's that's the joke about the uh, eye from a robot. This, that he this dog, Chloe, is about the size of a loaf of bread. She's so tiny. And these videos are just so fun to watch. I I, I mean, I know I'm in the they've totally got me. Yeah, I, I, I've been sold by BuzzFeed and Purina, but they are adorable. I do think it's interesting. I, it wasn't until we were doing the research that I put it together that BuzzFeed is kind of a co-sponsor of mm-hmm. this content. And I think that's really interesting. I mean, BuzzFeed is uh, nominally at least a uh, you know a news organization, an independent organization, um, but they're creating this content, obviously with a you know for a sponsor um, that is really. Uh, you know, substantive in its own right. And it's, you know, I'm watching, I'm not even a dog owner. Mm -hmm. There's no way I'm going to buy Purina Puppy Chow, but they're getting me to watch this video. So I think it's, this is probably, you know, the way of marketing in the future. Like these, uh, these way, this, these integrations of uh, products, sponsors, um, content, humor, making it something that you that you go choose to watch rather than you passively watch because you are watching TV. I mean, we yeah. talked about this before with like the the rise of DVR. So, um I just want to mention one other in the series called We Met a Girl, and I'm not going to play it, but this was the very first one that I saw. Me too. And it is, you know, again, this character Max meets a girl somewhere, and he's, then it's actually really cute. At, he's at a grocery store, and he's snuck the puppy in because he's not allowed to have a, right. a dog in. And he sneaks the puppy in under his jacket, and the girl catches him talking to the puppy in his right, jacket. Right, right, right. And so then he ends up having a date with her, but of course she comes over for dinner. So he's, you know, again, kind of young hipster yes. guy fumbling his way through his very first, uh, you know, probably meal that he's had to cook for a lady or something. Public like service that. announcement: Don't go to a dude's apartment on a first date. Yeah. That's just that's just my my advice. But again, like it's one of those things where it could it could be so cloying and gross and kind of like it could be an episode of the new girl practically. And I, I could be turned off by it. But again, she's really cute. He's really cute. Like they just make it work in this cute little hipster first date. And I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but it ends in a very, very charming way. So again, we'll we'll link to all of these on the website and you guys can check them out. Just one more. I mean, there are so many animal commercials out there. If you guys just... We're, we have to wrap this up somewhere, so just why don't you tell us what your favorite animal ads are? You can go to our Facebook page. It's After These Messages Show on Facebook, and you can call our listener line as well. The number is 607 444 5597. That's 607-444-5597. It's worth noting that our cat just barged his way into our studio here. I think he heard us talking about animals. Um, I do want to end with just one last ad that I don't think needs any introduction at all. It's If you haven't seen it already, I'll, I'll tell you this. 
It explains itself. Introducing Perfect Polly, the pet parakeet that comes to life when you enter the room. I mean, Perfect life Polly defined very loosely. <laughs> I'm going to pause it for a second, but I want to play this whole commercial. If you haven't seen it, this is a commercial that sometimes you'll see late night TV. It is for people who love the idea of a bird but can't handle the responsibility of a bird. So this is just a small. They love the idea of a bird, parakeet. but they hate actual birds right exactly so it's just a it's like a toy parakeet that sits on a perch and uh robotically twitches its head twitches its head and, and makes sings a its weird songs. mechanical sound she starts to move and sing this life-size replica mimics the sounds and movements of a real parakeet in the wild Perfect Polly turns to look at you, then starts to sing, and even shakes her tail feathers. Her cheerful, lilting song can keep you company all day long. Everyone loves Perfect Polly. Parakeets are the most popular pet bird in the world, but they require a lot of care. Now, Perfect Polly brings you all the joy and none of the mess. By the window or on the shelf. With your perfect Polly, you're never by yourself. I feel like this ad should so rhyme. Like you yeah, I don't, you're right. It's got a, it's got a kind of rhythm to it. In this pretty little Polly, this life-sized perfect Polly looks right at home in a cage or perch Polly. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. You get a fake goddamn bird, and then you put the bird in the cage. It's not going to fly anywhere. What are you, just a masochist? I think you're just. Uh, Demented. I mean, I think it's no exam. I think it's no accident that um, most of the people who are shown having the perfect poly are um, senior citizens. Not not to say that uh, you know senior citizens are all demented, but I think in, <laughs> if you are a demented senior citizen, this might be the perfect pet for you. Imagine how different those Purina commercials would be, where instead of coming over for a first date. And the woman meets Chloe the dog. The woman comes over for a first date, and the guy just has a fake bird in a, a cage. Perfect Polly. Yeah, and he gets it out and he puts it on his finger, and they just watch it go cheep 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 cheep. I wonder how that date ends. Oh my god, I love Perfect Polly. Why don't we have a Perfect Polly? I'm afraid the cats would eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right, so that will be our last animal commercial. Let's get into this. I, I don't know if you can tell I've been a little distracted because I'm nervous about this uh, name that voiceover actor. Now, I, I when we started this podcast, I was very confident. Riding I was going high. into it almost almost cocky yeah. i would say and then you know it was actually not a great look for you no it wasn't um I, i'm better at being nebbishy nervous and um scared of everything so i i just so you know how this works i have a link here i have no idea what the product is i have no idea what the commercial is genevieve has picked this out when you tell me to Vives, i will hit I will click this and uh, and I'll I'll watch it and we'll listen to it and we'll see if I can name who the voice actor is. Is there anything I need to know ahead of time? That's a Kia Optima ad that doesn't really you know make it harder or easier. Um, go for it. Mid-sized sedans are the middle. Oh my god! See? So easy. I got it. Yeah. I just can't remember anybody's name. Oh, you come on. You know this guy. No, Christopher name. Walken. Yeah. Christopher Walken. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you. I just got it's all the pressure. It's all the pressure. So, how far in? Three seconds. Three seconds. Three seconds in. I nailed that S. Let's just take a listen. Mid sized sedans are the middle C of automobiles. Basic, boring, fundamental, stuck squarely in the middle. 
Now, if you're looking for more of this or this, well then, I suggest you buckle up and enjoy this defiant, mid-size masterpiece. A masterpiece. Uh, he has one. I mean, thank you for. I appreciate you picking out this ad because I needed to get my confidence back up. I think I'm going to be a little bit more cocky again next week, yeah. which I, I think is probably going to backfire in you a little bit. But that is a very, very recognizable voice, and of course, it reminds me of one of my favorite scenes from Annie Hall. I tell you this because, as an artist, I think you'll understand. Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. <clears throat> right. Well... I have, to, I have to go now, Dwayne, because I, I'm due back on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> we have not seen Christopher Walken in uh, much stuff lately, have we? He was really hot for a while. There yeah, in the he early was in 2000s. everything yeah. for a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure he's done some done some work. Obviously, he's been you know getting that sweet Kia Cash. Yeah, <laughs> I actually drove a Kia Cash for a while. All right, let's check in with the Ad Council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind We have an overflowing mailbag today. We have a few letters and voicemails that we want to get to that we tried to get to last week but ran out of time. But our very first letter, Genevieve, you are so impressed with this letter from listener Dave who wrote in to comment and criticize us a little bit for missing the point of the Encyclopedia Britannica ad that um, aired in the very early 90s, uh, maybe late 80s, too, with uh, what a lot of people identify as the most annoying kid in the world, the Encyclopedia Britannica kid. As a matter of fact, I should probably, should I just play a little bit of that so people kind of remember what we're talking about? Don't worry, I won't play the whole thing like I did last time. Remember me? I'm the kid that had a report to on space. Then I got the new Encyclopedia Britannica. He had a report due on space, and then he got the new Encyclopedia... I think I made that abundantly clear. Um, yes. Anyhow, here it is. I mean, hey... Everybody knows this is the greatest encyclopedia in the world. This Help guy is one of the, or at least was one of the so most hated uh, commercial spokesmen of all time. I was doing some more poking around about him online today, and people are still like just filling message boards <laughs> with how much they hate this guy. Poor Donovan Freeberg. So yeah, that's what we've learned. His name is Donovan Freeberg, and um, why don't could you want to read a little bit of what uh, listener Dave sent in? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, Dave wrote in uh, as one of your older listeners. I was saddened to see that you missed the point on the Encyclopedia Britannica guy. This kid was actually the son of advertising groundbreaker Stan Freeberg. Stan was an advertising genius and a radio legend. Uh, Many of his ads were parodies of earlier ads, and that annoying Encyclopedia kid was meant to be annoying, lampooning what were then early infomercials. So I would argue a little bit with the fact that with the idea that we totally missed the point. I mean, I think. Yes, uh, it may have been supposed to be irritating, but I think it also like legitimately was irritating. It was legitimately irritating, but I will say I was surprised that like this was 
an incredibly successful ad campaign yes. for Encyclopedia Britannica. Like it really, really paid off. Well, for I mean, it's it's. I think it's the definition of no such thing as bad press. Yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, this is. But but what Dave uh, sent in was so interesting. We did a little bit of research about uh, Stan Freeberg, who really was a pioneer. He essentially. Um, he he was one of the madmen, you know, he was in the 60s, but he is kind of responsible for introducing ideas of like humor and irony into advertising. And we're so used to that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you almost, um, it's almost de rigueur. But uh, when he was starting to do that, it was a very uh, literal and earnest time. And he started introducing kind of irony and satire into advertising. It really was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. For there's a really good example that actually that that Dave sent us, which was that when he was when Stan was hired to advertise an airline that was in financial trouble, um, he decided that the reason um, that people that they were having trouble uh, financially was that people were afraid to fly. Oh. So he uh, had them issue each passenger a security blanket, and they painted the planes to look like trains. What? So you know this is like a really kind of innovative guy with like these great. Uh, marketing strategies uh, that he that he invented. Um, I do want us to play this ad, and and I wish you could see it, and I will we'll certainly post it. But it's absolutely worth a look because it's visually pretty stunning. It's for a product called the Great American Soup, uh, and at the time uh, in the seventies when it was made, it was the most expensive ad that had ever been made, uh, and it stars an actress uh, named Ann Miller, who was fairly well-known. Um, why don't you give that a play? Boy, am I hungry. What kind of soup is that? Make way for the great American soup. Can you give me that again? So the kitchen disappears behind her, and now suddenly she's on this huge, elaborate, like, showgirl stage, almost Busby Berkeley style, with all these backup dancers. Shake hands with the great American soup. It's even got those great, like, overhead shots of the women dancing exactly like Busby Berkeley. Yeah, sort of a Rockettes. Uh, great tap number. Full costumes. Lots of sequins. Why do you always have to make such a big production out of everything? <laughs> now, that's not him, is it? Is that Stan, do we think? I don't think so. No, but he... So Stan maybe wasn't on camera, but did you mention that Stan is the actual voice who no, was on the I Encyclopedia didn't. Britannica? But that that's a great point, the yeah. The voice that the kid is talking to, the guy with the deep voice, is actually Stan Freeberg. So I want to play this other ad as well. Now, did you just find this one, or did Dave also send this one no, in? No, Dave sent this in, too. Okay, so this is for Gino's Pizza Rolls. Concept is a little bit hard to explain because this is a sarcastic, very meta ad. Like yeah. three layers of kind of meta references, I feel like, in this ad. Also, sidebar, I thought pizza rolls were a much more recent invention. I know. By the way, if you ever want to do a podcast about pizza rolls, I am into it. I'm okay. a huge fan of well, pizza Well, we'd be rolls. totally biting my brother, my brother, and me's rhyme. Oh, that's right. They're, they all, a, they're, the, they're in big Totina They pocket, did a whole right? Totino's po- pizza roll oh, podcast. that's right. Yeah. Oh, I do love pizza rolls though um also good on the grill totinos so this is for this is for gino's pizza rolls this is from the 60s at some point and what you have to know and i guess as dave writes in here 
This is a play off of a uh, cigarette ad that was apparently in like heavy rotation at the time. And I don't know what the brand is, but Dave writes in that there was this commercial where it was kind of candid camera style and people were going around saying, show us your cigarettes. And then they, you know, people would flash the cigarettes that were in their pocket and it was whatever brand they were advertising. Well, this is a playoff of that. They're at some fancy party somewhere. It's like in a big mansion-y kind of party. And the camera is going around and people are flashing instead of their cigarettes, they're flashing their favorite pizza roll brand. And they all have their pizza rolls in their pockets and they're they're pulling out the boxes and they're all Genos, of course. Now the music, this is where the third level of irony, I guess, comes in. The music is the William Tell Overture, which of course is the music of the Lone Ranger, and you will hear the Lone Ranger in Tonto appear at the end of this ad as well. Have a pizza, pizza, pizza roll. 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 What you now approach an appetizer was a dreadful bomb. It was something you just make it up to a potted palm. I'd like to talk to you about that music you're using. Now, the guy who said that is a guy probably from the cigarette commercial yeah. because he's putting a cigarette in his mouth as he says that. Taking issue with their, uh, their stealing rip of off, his, right. rip, their ripoff. Exactly. But just as he says that, suddenly the, the Lone Ranger and Tonto appear behind the cigarette guy. That's funny. I've been meaning to speak to you people about the same thing. Have a pizza roll, Kimasami. Look for Kino's pizza rolls and just take them out of the freezer, pop them in the oven for 10 minutes. That's it. Who was that masked man, anyhow? I don't know. And I wanted to thank him. Hi-o pizza rolls indeed. You're going to be hearing that a lot around our house. Yeah, hi-o pizza rolls. Anytime we have people over to watch a football game, you better believe that there are going to be some pizza rolls there. I, and I will look for Geno's. I don't know if they're still in existence Who knows? Maybe they are. Maybe Totino's uh, somehow, you know, absorbed or be that's that's what became of Geno's. I, I will say I love the meta-ness of that ad, like knowing all the background to it that there was this other famous ad at the time that everyone would have you know been re- would have recognized and responded to it's so great like i i love uh all the history and kind of all the sort of cultural history and touch points that are rolled up into that 30 second spot now i was doing a little bit of um research on the kid you know stan's son mm-hmm. donovan, donovan freeberg who's the kid who is well known as being the most annoying kid ever to be in a encyclopedia commercial um by the way i have to point out the irony that the very first place i started my research on him was on wikipedia um and he is now according to wikipedia he's an american advertising creative voice actor photographer and writer he had a blog that he was keeping uh, a while back it, it looked like the last entry was 2008 or 2009 it was just a bunch of really wacky weird stuff and a bunch of i don't know some people were calling him a pornographer i don't think so he was putting a lot of a lot of pictures of naked ladies and and some strange kind of erotica there was was some erotica but it was also just sort of avant-garde art stuff yeah yeah and him like kind of taking some like just videos of him making weird noises and stuff sounds like he's just kind of an avant-garde guy his his current website though is actually a really beautiful photography website looks like he's mostly a um uh, a wedding photographer now or or a professional photographer and he's got a great eye so so good for him strange duck though yeah strange duck what else do we have well i wanted to talk a, i wanted to thank uh someone for writing in and that person is my brother zachary 
Oh. Uh, we gave him a little bit of uh, guff on a previous episode for oh, uh, yeah. not recognizing that uh, we had give, we had accidentally given him a Bloody Mary with no vodka. I it. do. If, if he happens to be listening to this episode, I want him to know that the um, Bloody Mary that's in my hand right now <laughs> does have vodka in it. Um, but what Zachary actually wrote in about that I think is really interesting was a follow-up on that uh, ad with Mila Kunis uh, for Jim Beam, where oh, she's yeah. we were sort of uh, bemused to find that she was like all – kitted out uh, in the factory, branding her own barrel and apparently like making the whiskey. And um, Zachary, uh, who's a little bit of a connoisseur, wrote, I agree that this is primarily just a famous actress hired to extol the virtues of Jim Beam. However, I believe this spot, particularly the branding of Mila's name on the barrel, is also a reference to the personal connection that many bourbon companies try to make with their most enthusiastic customers. Playing on the attachment that bourbon drinkers have to the product and the aging process, companies like Jim Beam actually invite enthusiasts to come take tours that allow them to participate in the production process and even bottle their own bourbon. Maker's Mark, owned by the same company, which I did not know that, right. Beam, that Beam owns Maker's Mark. That's interesting because those are usually the two types of whiskeys that I'll buy. I'll kind yeah. of alternate on our shelf. Well, I, either way, we're putting money in their, their uh, bank account. In their barrels. <laughs> Um, so Maker's Mark invites people to join their Ambassadors Club, which entitles you to put your name on a real barrel of bourbon, uh, updates on its progress as it ages, kind of like if you would, I guess it's like if you adopt a dolphin or something, <laughs> um, and the opportunity to buy bottles of bourbon from that specific batch. And you can even try your hand at dipping a bottle of the Makers into their red wax. Oh, yeah. Their, their special red Talk wax. about good branding, by I know. the way. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say thanks, Zachary, for sending that in because I didn't know all of that. And I think you're exactly right. They are, um, for people who are in the know, like you, seeing that commercial with Mila Kunis uh, reinforces that brand. And for people who aren't, I think it's just kind of an effective um, uh, positioning of of themselves as kind of this authentic, uh, real bourbon maker. Yeah. I do want everybody to know, though, that we didn't read Zach's email because of any kind of familial preference. It was just a really good email. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I argued against reading it just because I have beef with that guy. No, that's not true. Um, and uh, let's see, we do have a voicemail that I mentioned last week. We didn't have time for it. So now we're kind of reaching back kind of far. But a couple of episodes ago, it was uh, you and me, Genevieve, talking and our friend Ben Harrison was on the show as well. And uh, the three of us who have some association with nerd culture, especially Ben, Ben is knows a lot of sci-fi and stuff like that, admitted that he knows really nothing about Doctor Who. And we were trying to figure out like how Doctor Who deals with the fact that there have been a bunch of different actors playing Doctor Who over the years and stuff. And um, our, you know, our lack of knowledge was somewhat embarrassing. But luckily, listener Eddie in Houston decided to call and help us out with a 30-second explainer. Here is my super quick, easy explanation of Doctor Who. Doctor Who started in 1963. The, uh, had an elderly actor, William Hartnell, who started it. Uh, he played for the doctor for a couple of years, but then he got sick, so they needed to replace him, so they came up with the plot device that whenever the actor wants to leave, that plays the, the doctor, uh, he regenerates. And so they've had 13 different actors play the same character over the past 50 years, and that's basically it. He travels in time and space and uh, hangs out with uh, cute people. <laughs> I didn't know cuteness was a factor. I still feel like that's one issue with Doctor Who for me is I feel like just there's so much of it out there and I'm so late to the game and I'm old. It's not like I'm, 
you know, a 10-year-old or even a 15-year-old yeah, who might I mean, be... Dis- do you even have enough time left <laughs> yeah, I probably to get don't. proficient? You've seen how much sausage I eat on a <laughs> weekly basis. So I don't know. I feel like there's such a barrier to break into something that is, wow. is like, maybe maybe I should give it a shot. I don't Eddie know. brought us that much closer to, to uh, breaching that barrier. Eddie, could you just call in with a recap of each season? Give us one a week. <laughs> um, did you, we have any other emails? Nope. That's it for today. All right. Let's get out of here. You can sell anything. One more shout out to all the uh, kids out there. We know we have some young listeners to this podcast, and I know we have a lot of parents who listen to this podcast. We would love to know what your kids' favorite commercials are. If your kids happen to see TV commercials, and they don't have to be for kids' products, like whatever, have them call our listener line. I love hearing from the youth of America. The phone number is 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. And also, of course, Genevieve, we have Facebook and email. Yep, we are at After These Messages Show at Gmail. We are at After These Messages Show on Facebook. And yeah, hey, parents, I know some of you are being driven crazy by your kids singing commercial jingles. So put them on the phone and have them sing them to us. And of course, you can reach out to us with any other comments you have about today's show or any shows we've done. Let us know what your favorite animal commercials are. And until then, we will talk to you next Tuesday. You can really sell it.